0: The moderate's person ability to stick with anything too long has evaporated and disappeared. The messaging and packaging from everything from breakfast cereal to politics has to be constantly evolving in order to hold people's attention. Relevancy is driving a whole new engine in the incessant search for what is new and fashionable. Trying to be culturally relevant, in some instances, is turning the church into followers instead of leaders. And it often makes churches look too much the same in ways we ought to be different. Have we blended in so well with the culture that we have finally become unnoticed and irrelevant? in this? Episode of Keep It One Hundred. We discuss being hipster versus being hollowed, and how to ditch existence in a fence-straddling world.
1: Welcome to Keep It One Hundred podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives.
2: What up, everybody? Welcome to the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith.
0: Blessings, fam. Blessings. Come
2: on. Hey, okay. So I got a question. Who with me watched the Prince Harry and Meghan interview?
0: My, my, my.
2: (laughs) Well, I think it was like me and they say 50 million people tuned in for that interview. And, you know, it was a tell-all interview with Oprah and actually it was really well done. But what it did expose, Sean, is a thousand-year monarchy. Can you believe that is actually in its most recent history crisis that they have faced to date.
0: Wow. That is pretty crazy.
2: There was a lot of stuff that was exposed, but really what I want to dial in on was the continued narrative that Megan brought to the interview. And that was this. She continued to make statements that what she believed obviously was the truth. And she kept making statement after statement. And some of those statements, Oprah found shocking. And Oprah was communicating such. She's like, I'm shocked you're saying this. I'm shocked you're saying that. I'm in disbelief you said that. And Megan's response to me was quite profound. And she said this, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to be shocking. I'm simply communicating the truth. And really at the end of the day, that's what we're after today. So we wanted to bring that conversation to our podcast this week and really talk about what is the truth, because we live in a world that wants you to be relevant and ditch the truth, but really we're called to bring the truth and make the truth culturally relevant.
0: I really believe that that interview was really somewhat indicative of our current state and what God is doing. Right. Obviously, because of Meghan and Harry's claims about their child and there was, they had leveled racism, mm-hmm. we see that there's an exposure of some things that have been in the underbelly of the royal family. And I feel like we're in this season, if, if I could use it as a metaphor, where God is exposing things right. and what we're seeing is a new value for truth. And yes. the fact that truth must come forth and we must tell the truth. And I feel like that is just so important.
2: And I love that because Megan kept saying, I know it can be uncomfortable. I know it can be hard, but at the end of the day, we just want the truth to be told. We want the truth to be heard. And I think you you nailed that you captured that so well. That's what so many of us want in the world today. We're just like, what is truth?
0: You know, and there's a contrast between being culturally relevant versus contextually real. I don't know that Jesus, as I read the gospels was what we would call today culturally relevant, But he was contextually real, which I think is more important, meaning that whether he was with a prostitute, tax gatherer or sinner, he was real. When he was speaking to Pharisees or magistrates, he was real. When he was talking to his disciples or to his heavenly father in the garden, sweating drops of blood, he was always contextually real. And that is such an important place. You know, that reminds me of one of my earliest messages when I think about Meghan Markle, Prince Harry. One of my earliest messages was on Moses out of Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 through 27. I believe it really speaks to us. That passage just talks about by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with God's peeps rather than going along with all the royalty in, in, a, in a place where he was hiding. Instead, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And the Bible finished that passage by saying he looked to the reward. Now, again, I'm not trying to liken Megan to Moses. It, it's just this aspect. Moses, like we heard from Megan, chose to surrender his status and his high social position mm-hmm. and, and said no to certain worldly pleasures and fame because he'd rather identify as a part of God's people. And obviously, with Megan her nationality, her race, and obviously the race of her baby, she was choosing a greater identification. But the reason why Moses chose truth over trends is that Moses accepted a reality that physical eyes cannot see. And here is the principle, boo. The principle being, if everything you love is in the mainstream of culture around you, then it's very unlikely that you're going to have much impact upon that culture.
2: Ooh, that is so well said. And what a perfect segue to our Hundo P segment where we're going to break it down and ask some key questions and really hear some answers on what we feel about this topic.
0: Hundo P! All right,
1: question number one. Why is pursuing difference and distinction more important than relevance and rationalizations?
2: Great question. You know, I think we have to agree that no one has ever made a bigger impact on the world than Jesus. Because of this, I'm convinced that it is actually in our DNA as a Jesus follower to want to have effect on the culture around us. But us trying to match the world begs us to question, if the church is like the world, then why bother with the church? The more we become like the world, the less we have to offer it. So as one prominent minister put it, the world doesn't need more cool, hip, cultural savvy, irrelevant copies of itself. Come on, right? So what if our attempts at relevance and outdoing the world around us actually limits our potential to be able to minister to it? And what if our unique distinction to secular culture is actually to our advantage? Meaning if we were called to be a contrast, if we were called to be light in the darkness, if we were called to be salt on the earth, if we were actually called to create a contrast, then a contrast is what we have to be. Jesus never came to blend in. He didn't call us to a chameleon. In Christianity. He called us to bring a contrast, but a contrast looks like, yes, we affect the world, but we are not of it. And scripture is so clear that we're called to be in it, but not of it. And that's the confusion that I think that so many of us have today.
0: I love what you're saying. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying if we compromise our core values, then we have nothing to offer our world that's as compromised as it's ever been. That's right. That up is down, left is right, right is left. And here's just a simple truth. You cannot be God's example and the enemy's sample at the same time.
2: Tweetable. Come on. That's so good.
0: And you know, we would all agree engaging with the world is not bad. In fact, it's the great commission, Mark 16, until it touches my heart, hijacks my affections and influences my thinking. At that particular point in time, if you're calling that relevance, then relevance is an error if it requires compromises. Because compromise to keep things relevant is not the Jesus way. Everyone, whether you're the older generation, the younger generation, there seems to be this drawback that let's get back to the way Jesus would do it. That's not my Jesus. That's not the Jesus style. Well, let me say something. Compromising to keep things relevant is also not the Jesus way. Because at the end of the day, relevance isn't even the ultimate value. Clarity and the presence of God is. We need clarity. The Bible says that if someone blows a bugle, but they make an indistinct sound, who will hear it? Who will respond? The bugle was to call the army to attention. And so what we need right now is clarity, and we definitely need the presence of God.
2: So good. So the second question on the table is,
1: What are the heavenly alternatives to being uber-relevant and hyper-hipster?
2: I'm going to go ahead and begin to answer that. And, you know, we have to understand that what many today want... When they demand that the church be relevant, is actually that the church reflects the culture around her, that she is more of a thermometer recording the temperature rather than a thermostat seeking to set it. Ooh, Ooh come on. My right? Goodness. I mean, we have to understand that the alternative to relevance is actually prophetic living.
0: Say that again.
2: Okay. The alternative to relevance is actually prophetic living living meaning you and I live as a sign for the more of heaven if you didn't hear our podcast which we titled do north this is really about a person who aligns with heaven led by holy spirit not the whims of modern culture that they are we have to understand that holy spirit if that's your guide that's the most futuristic as it gets you know and i mentioned this before but living as salt and light in a spiritually dark secular world is truly the contrast in which we're called to be we cannot be beacons of the whims of culture. We have to be beacons of hope and the trumpeters of what Holy Spirit is declaring and decreeing at this time and this hour. C.S. Lewis said, all that is not eternal is eternally out of date. Mic drop. Come on. I mean, no one captures it quite like C.S. Lewis. That is incredibly profound. Bible. And really, I believe the problem lies in the modern meaning of the word relevant. Relevance today means simply being in agreement or in step with modern thinking, with the times, with their thinking, opinions, and values of modern people. Let me say that again. Relevance today means being in agreement or in step with modern times with their thinking, opinions, and values of modern people. And here's what we can agree on. It's okay to have a pulse on culture, but we are not to be a product of the culture.
0: My, that is so good. I love that. And, you know, I would also say with that, in response to that question, is in the way that you're describing it, relevance, from its Latin roots Relevant means the opposite of its current usage, Right. because I'm a guy that loves entomology. That is kind of the origin of words. Anyone right. that knows me personally knows that. I love that. So the Latin entomology of the word relevance, relever, means to lift up something again. And actually, if you go into original meaning, it means to lift up something again and again. Mm. So the original connotation of the word is that something has been dropped cast aside or fallen into disuse, and it is picked up and presented freshly. Mm. So something relevant was literally brought back from a forgotten, dusty shelf, not something popular, trendy, and only just devised. And this is shown today and evidenced all around us when rather than allowing the Bible to change us, we're trying to change the Bible. So it's proven that we have not captured the real essence of the word relevance because relevance is not trying to change the Bible. It's getting back to what the Bible's originally saying and what it's meant to do. And that is to change us. So if so we're trying good. to alter scriptural truths that are meant to alter us, we're not trendy. We're tripping. Okay.
2: And our culture,
0: that. people want their opinions to come out of your mouth. It's funny because we were just having this conversation with a yeah, great pastor we friend were. of ours that we really live in a day In our culture, people want their opinions to come out of your mouth. That's right. And if that's a definition of relevant, you can't be that. As you said, we're called to be a, a prophetic living people. And so if we're not careful, we will be puppets of modern culture rather than prophets to modern culture.
2: Say that. So good.
0: As always, Keep Your 100 Tribe. We're super excited to bring you the Keep Your 100 Takeaways. And our takeaways for this episode are three needed adjustments for the modern Christ Follower. Number one, the first needed adjustment for the modern Christ follower is we must reflect the views of our founder and head, Jesus Christ, over the views of the fickle seekers and social media. Bottom line is this, gang biblical truth is always the relevant message for any culture. You will not improve upon that. We can't make the Bible relevant to culture any more than we can make an umpire's decision relevant to a baseball game. Why? because it's already relevant because of what it is. It is the authoritative, definitive bird's eye view of the individual sanctioned to make the call. You can kick up dust at the ump. You could boo him from the third deck. But at the (laughs) end of the day, his call stands because he has been authorized to make that decision. The Bible calls truth. And like the umpire, it says, this is what's true. This is not what's true. And if we go with the opinions of people and just give the people what they want what's trending on social media at that particular time we're not aligned with the most powerful relevant agent of transformation the spirit of truth in our generation and we're called to wield and represent the spirit of truth.
2: I love that. So good. The second keep at 100 takeaway this week is we must become convictional Christians and not cultural Christians. You know, they say cultural Christians actually make up 25% of the US population. So so that we understand really what this term means, this group would say they're Christians rather than identify as atheists or Jewish for no other reason than they're simply from America and they don't consider themselves something else. So by default, they would identify themselves as Christians, but a convictional Christian are those who orientate their life around their faith in Christ. They value presence over presentation and being hallowed holy over being hipster and cool. So we have to understand that we must be aware that there is a true discernment deficiency that will keep you loyal to a counterfeit version of your Christianity. If you don't understand who you are in Christ Jesus, and you don't walk in the Spirit of God as the discernment that it was intended to flow through you. And let me break it down this way. There's so many people that are in a deconstruction process with their faith, but they're not reconstructing with God. See, they want to tear things down, but they don't want to allow the builder, the cornerstone to build back up the faith. And so we want to be cool, hip, relevant, but friends, when there's no presence of God and people don't even recognize the anointing anymore, but when you don't have discernment, anything that claims to be God, you'll believe that it is. You have to know that in today's day and age, when so many people are testifying, quote unquote, or preaching from a pulpit, just because they have a pulpit, just because they have influencers, just because they have followers, doesn't mean they're anointed by God or even speaking truth. That in a world, we have to, we have, to have the discernment and the knowing to be able to decipher and know the difference between a convictional Christian and a cultural Christian, because Ooh. we all know there's a vast chasm between the two of those truths. You know, and another thought on this is cultural Christians buy hook, line, and sinker into the mistaken cultural narrative of tolerance. And, you know, I think maybe you were talking about this and we were just at BSSM this last week and and you were talking to first years and you brought on this whole truth about what is truth and truth in a day and age where there's so much construed versions of actually what is truth. But in order to know truth, you have to know truth, who's Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And so when you understand who truth is and what truth is and that the gospel doesn't waver, it doesn't matter if it was written 2000 years ago, truth is truth and it not Not only does it not change through the centuries, it actually becomes more and more, quote unquote, relevant to where we're at today when we understand that Jesus wrote it for yesterday, today and tomorrow. And so when we understand that there's so many people that have mistaken cultural narrative of tolerance, that Jesus spoke truth, not being swayed by a politically correct culture and editing the gospel to cater to that quote-unquote tolerance narrative. That actually, if you love someone, you love them enough to speak truth, that you actually want to see the truth set them free because that's what the gospel carries. The gospel carries freedom. And in the freedom, you love someone enough to not tolerate bondage that holds them in captivity. We've actually twisted the concept of what tolerance is. There's so many people that are quote-unquote tolerant that are actually intolerant. It's true. (laughs) Right? So the the current tolerant culture. Culture doesn't actually tolerate me. It doesn't tolerate you. It doesn't tolerate the biblical point of view. And so it tolerates anything that would identify as um, not one way, because we say there is only one way and his name is Jesus. We are therefore deemed as intolerant. So, but the problems with tolerance is that when we accept people for you know, who they want to be, we neglect the person Jesus made them to be.
1: And I think I
2: want to say that one more time, because I feel like there's some listeners that really need to grab a hold of that because that tolerance narrative has a sway to it and it has a seduction to it. And friends, I want you to know, you can still love, you can still live like Jesus lived. You can read the gospels and see again, again, he shared meals. He, he ministered, he loved on people that lived a totally alternative, completely different lifestyle than what he was living, but he was constantly inviting them into a place of transformation because he loved them enough to not condone the lifestyle they were living, but really calling them into who they made to be. So that last statement, I want to say it one more time, because I want you to grab a hold of it. The problem with tolerance is that we accept, is that when we accept people for who they want to be, we neglect the person who Jesus made them to be.
0: That is so profound. And you know, it's funny, the people that say that they have no stomach for politics. It's funny how they're often the people that are trying to enforce what's politically correct more than anyone else. And I love that last line, that the problem with tolerance is we accept people for who they want to be, but in the process, we're neglecting the person Jesus made them to be. And I think obviously that's a big issue now as you're seeing uh, so many, particularly in Hollywood, particular Uh, entertainers that are allowing their kids to choose their gender and kind of we see this fluid gender thing in in our generation. And we're going to have to find out as a church how to reach out and how to love on people, but at the same time preach the truth in love. Because if we're going to tell the truth, it has to be in love, but we're not loving them if we don't bring the truth.
2: You know, and to me, Billy Graham was such an incredible example of understanding culture does change. Culture does shift. But he would always say the method in which he preached the gospel changed, but the message never shifted. And I think Christians have to re-grab a hold of that truth and concept that Billy Graham lived so beautifully that his methods always changed. And there's no sacredness in the method, but there's a sacredness in the message. We cannot edit or dilute the gospel. As a follower of Jesus, we have a spiritual responsibility that the most most relevant thing we can be is being true to the gospel.
0: That is so awesome. And finally, Keep your 100, tribe number three, our third needed adjustment for the modern Christ follower is we must be both Berean and tribe of Issachar. Come on. If you've read the book of Acts, you recognize there's a certain group. They're not mentioned a lot in the book of Acts. In fact, there's pretty much one passage, but it is amazing what they have a notoriety as being. And the Bereans, it says, when Paul came and spoke to him, it says the Bereans search the scriptures to see if what he said is true. So that's third point, must be both Berean and tribe of Issachar. We must live as Bereans. Bereans understood the text. The text was the truth. So for Bereans, the Bible was their filter, not what's politically correct, not what someone else is saying, not what the popular person is, is spouting off and what the majority is adhering to. In fact, they tested what was said by others, no matter how many people were saying it, through God's word. And so I feel like the needed adjustment today is that we have to make the Bible our default mode. We've gotta come back to the place. It's like, you know, when you get electronics or you, you, you have a computer, it has factory presets. And if you're going to alter them, you have to go into the software, go into the device, and you change the factory preset. When you're born again, your factory preset is truth. It is Bible. It's Holy Spirit. So if that's your factory preset, what we're saying is you can't let your culture and what's popular alter your factory presets because you were made by God for Him. And so the Bereans, they were going to let the Bible have the final say so they weren't going to filter the Bible through what's politically correct. Because if what you say has to be filtered through what's politically correct, uh, you'll be a pundit. You'll never be a prophet. Second of all, the second aspect of that, we must be both Berean and tribe of Issachar. We've got to live also contrasting or not contrasting, but along with, we have to live like the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they understood the times. So the Bereans understood the text. Sons of Issachar understood the times. And the tribes of Issachar, they discerned and understood the times, Boo, so that they knew what to do. They were current, but they weren't carnal. Let me say that again. Tribe of Issachar, they were current, but they weren't carnal. So good. They studied everything. They studied the sciences. They studied the Moors. They studied the behavioral patterns, even of enemies. They were useful to David in battle. And so in different seasons, different times, they emphasized different things that allowed them to really speak to a lot of things, but keep the nation of Israel plumb line. And so if you're passionate about people in your world, you're gonna be motivated to understand where they are at so you know what to do and how to connect. But at the end of the day, you need to be both Berean and Issachar. Understand the text, understand the times.
2: So good. You know, as we close out this week's podcast, we really want to just close with these thoughts. You know, it's in our DNA as a follower of Jesus that we are created to make an impact on the culture around us. And no one would argue that the biggest impact an individual's ever made on the world is Jesus himself. And we learn that being relevant is redeeming that original purpose. And what we have to understand that Jesus came to bring transformation wherever, he go. He never left a person or a place the same in which he arrived. It always was changed. So let us end with this truth. And I love this. In John 18, 37, 38, Pilate said to Jesus, you're a king. Jesus said, I came into the world to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, to which Pilate retorted, what is truth. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at SeanAndKristaSmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love.
0: Keep It 100 Tribe, you'll not want to miss our next episode as we're going to have a now conversation on slams, slurs, and smears and how it's time to swipe up.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.